The Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. We going back to back. <laughs> oh, this is your new thing. Eh? You're not doing the uh, hello bonjour anymore? No, I've moved on to a whole new thing. I immediately abandoned my hello bonjour thing. I didn't feel like I was saying bonjour right. It always, when you say the back to back thing, it reminds me of when I was at a Blue Jay game. And there was a guy running down the aisles just saying, 92, 93, back to back. And he went like through the whole Sky Dome. That's amazing. Yeah. Was it Ace the Bird? <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, he, he ripped off his head and started talking. It was very strange. Sick. Um, well, uh, for those just uh, listening to this podcast for the first time who might not know, I'm your host, Freddie Revis. And welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball, Basketball Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> oh, God. Me and Matt always try and sync that. Sometimes it's a big hit. Sometimes not. We're um, in sync. Okay, we're in sync. I'm Joey Fatone, and you're Timberlake, babe. <laughs> Joey Fatone. <laughs> um, okay, well, uh, who are you, sir? I mean, I already said your name, but uh, why I'm don't the, you tell the folks who you are? I'm the producer, Matt Duncan. Good. Um, <laughs> great. Uh, Matt's working all the sounds. Uh, Matt, if, if people want to help us out, if they want to, you know, I don't know, contribute, uh, be inspired. Uh, yeah. How are they going to do that? We got a little site you can go to called Patreon and you can go to patreon.com slash dunks podcast or go to dunkspodcast.com and we have our, all our links there uh, for Patreon as well as iTunes and Stitcher. If you'd like to subscribe, Player FM and even fun old YouTube. Ooh, I like that a lot. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, you know, g- give us give us a nice review, maybe become a patron and uh, and help me get yeah. to where I need to go, which is, you know, usurping Joe Rogan, yeah. uh, the number one podcast <laughs> in the world. Yeah, uh, that's always it, been the goal. It starts here and now, right? Yeah, and uh, we will have our first segment of Freddie on the fly this week. I've got all my questions ready, Freddie. So, so you and I'm not it. ready for those questions. You're, you're not that's ready. The whole point. Yeah, right? that's the whole point. Uh, awesome. Um, and you know, if it's cold out, for instance, uh, you know, around your head area, what do you think we, you know, what do you think people could do about that? Freddie, you must be referring to the toques we have for sale for $20 Confederacy of dunks. They're nice and gray and have our cool logo on the front. And let me tell you, and I say this every time they will not itch your head. It doesn't matter if you're bald or if you have hair, you're not going to be doing any of those uh, toque head scratches, if you, if you know what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. And I think when people, you know, want something in the winter, it's the color gray. Yeah, so absolutely. why don't you swing by. <laughs> Match the um, sky, everybody. Match the sky. No, let us know if you want a toque. $20 for your head yeah. top. Yeah, we should have Confederacy Dunks uh, like sad lamps too. We should maybe, uh, we're, we're working on that. Maybe that's yeah, our we'll next Yeah, we're working on some happy lights and some sad <laughs> lamps too. Like if, if, you know, if, if you're a bit oh. happy and you want to come down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you want a blue Monday, we got you, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's, uh, let's bring on the guests, shall we? Shall we? Uh, okay, um, I'm not going to say much about this guest because uh, he asked me not to. He, okay. he's, he's an international man of uh, basketball mystery. He's a big Raptors fan. Uh, I believe it's his second or third time doing the pod. Happy to have him. Give it up at home for Ryan Henry. 
Brian? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm right here. <laughs> I, I remember you guys gave me the music last time, so I was yeah. kind of I was feeling it again. Oh, nice. Um, I, I just love having my own intro music, so <laughs> I, I appreciate it. Thank you. No that was problem. good. It was actually pretty mysterious because I was like, oh my God, is he so mysterious that he just left right away? <laughs> <laughs> I, I do that sometimes. I do that. But um, I, I would also like to say, um, I, I don't know if you remember, I am the Dallas Mavericks aficionado as well. Oh, that's right. Oh, uh, oh my God. This I, must be a boring year for you. Oh, it, it's horrible. Just just without Dirk, there's absolutely nothing and no yeah. one to be excited about on that team. I'm sorry. Totally. Yeah. Like, I guess DeLon Wright, that's cool, but yeah, not much <laughs> else going on in Dallas. <laughs> there you go. Um, uh, no, obviously you got the, the KP Doncic madness. Uh, it's amazing there. But, um, well, you know, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll get to some Dallas talk because I don't think any podcast can really – exists now without talking a little bit about Dallas. It's, uh, it's oh, one no. of the biggest stories. Yeah. But oh, um, yeah. let's bring on guest number two, uh, my brother. We are um, we are we are very close in age. I think it's fourteen months. Uh, <laughs> he's hilarious. He uh, is obsessed with basketball. He shares uh, season seats with me. Section three hundred nine. Um, we both fell in love with basketball together by uh, watching VC take over the planet. Um, Give it up at home, or if you're me, uh, you can actually clap in your home for Miguel Rivas. Yeah, I'm going to surf over my music. Oh, yeah, listen. Oh, yeah, Wiggle Town. Wiggling around. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, Blobby Samba, baby. People. Sorry, go ahead, Matt. No, I just said Blobby Samba is his uh, signature music. Yeah, does that music still feel good for you blobby samba <laughs> it felt the best it's ever felt this time like i could really visualize the waves and and the blobby samba <laughs> if that's if all i want to hear if you're surfing over you know like a, a blobby samba song uh you know what's like what's your surf what's your surfboard like is it like basically like a, a whale or something or it's like a tap dance shoe but it's one tap dance shoe and it's like enormous <laughs> yeah you know, I'm the Salvador Dali of this podcast. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Um, okay. Well, speaking of a dripping clock, uh, I think uh, I think let's let's get cracking on some Raptors stuff here, right? Uh, Maddie, would you give me that Raptors sting? When I say Bobby, you say Webster, Bobby. Webster, Webster. Bobby. Webster. I mean, all I can say is that I'm happy and I guess a bit sad that you got rid of the audio track where it's just you coughing in a hallway. Oh, don't worry. That's still there. Great. Um, <laughs> okay, let's, uh, let's, start with, uh, let's start with you, Ryan. Um, and yeah, it's funny. You actually brought it up before we started, uh, before we started recording, and I think uh, it's, it's kind of relevant because this is how every Raptors fan lives and breathes, which is we barely live and we barely breathe. Um, we've won a championship, but Kawhi left. Uh, we're terrified all the time. If you're like me, you're just blindly optimistic. You literally put on a blindfold and you walk across six lanes of traffic because you're like that. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what that danger was, but uh, I'll, I'll get to the first question here. Um, 
so yeah, uh, three game losing streak, first in uh, in, a, in a calendar year, I believe, uh, and we narrowly beat the Bulls. Um, you know, barely any scoring in that fourth quarter, uh, just a lot of defense and turnovers and mistakes, and it was ugly. But we did win. Um, yeah. Do you, do you feel like uh, Ryan? Do, do you feel like the Raptors are, you know, kind of like trending up or or, or down or or what? What are you worried about? Uh, you know, in the quarter mark of the season. Well, it, it's it, it's the season, right? We're we're now getting into the heart of it. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not as worried as everyone. I've heard people panicking saying they're giving up on the season already. I'm like, dude, it, it's, it's like 20, 20 something games in. Like it's, it's, it's not, it happens. This is the season. Um, you know what? I, what I've realized over the last week is the ball movement's been just like, like it's not there. Uh, everyone's going one-on-one. Everyone's just trying to force, uh, force the issue um we have a b- couple bright spots i think the defense is still pretty solid you know you still held a team under 100 points which is always a plus uh yeah. in, in my eyes um the offense is stagnant but you just reinserted kyle and serge who are give or take no one's 100 percent healthy coming back from an injury so like i'm 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 not like shocked at all i'm i'm expecting a little bit of a, a bit of a struggle and we came into the season like like killing expectations these guys were were i, I actually had like the raps like doing way better than what i expected i i expected to fall off and they showed me coming in that they were ready for this they had the championship dna so now they've hit a slide for the first time and everyone's just jumping ship now. I think everyone needs to relax. I think we're going to be okay. Give it a week or two. Get Kyle and Serge actually healthy and back into the rhythm of things, and 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 I think we'll be okay. Wow, you hear that, folks? That's a calm Raptors fan. Um, it's wonderful. <laughs> it's wonderful to hear. But uh, l- let me push you a little bit, Ryan. Is there anything that you are worried about, even if it's not the season? You know, like if if you don't think the season's going to get derailed, is there anything that does concern you? It, it, it was the offense during this this last uh, four game stretch. It's I, I don't know. It's just like they kind of forgot who they were. Um, the reason why this team won a championship this uh, this past season and were playing so well is it was the ball movement. It was the unselfishness. All these new guys coming in, just playing their role, um, just kind of again working as a unit. Um, I don't know why it's gone away from that. I don't know if anything's really changed, but um, it, it, they just got to get back in, into to sharing the ball. And, and hopefully, I don't know what Nick's, Nick's uh, plans are of obviously figuring that out, but it's just the ball move. I just need to see more of that instead of the uh, one-on-one and just uh, try to force the issue. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think it's a good kind of observation with the ball movement because the uh, you know I think the defensive intensity has been there. Uh, like you said, we've been holding teams to good numbers, um, and I think you know reintegrating uh, Surge and trying to keep Rondé like is is a little bit kind of it's yeah. complicated, right? The, oh, those two share a lot of space on the court. Mm-hmm. Um, traditionally, they both can't shoot the three, even though you know Surge is actually doing okay this year. But he doesn't like to live out there, right? Serge is, it's well documented. He likes being a center. You know, and then you bring a guy like Kyle back who, you know, we all know is unselfish. We all know is very talented. 
he's he's obviously not a problem. But I no. think you know he even said in an interview after the um, after the was it after the Philly game? It 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 it, it might have been before that actually. But he was just kind of talking about he's aware that uh, Fred and Boucher and, and Siakam, well, well, less so Siakam, but like, you know, a, a lot of the other guys kind of like found a great role with him off the team. He actually said, hey, they won a lot of games without me. And then I think he kind of caught himself and was like, well, we were six and two with me. Um, but, you know, he's, so he's aware that chemistry is, is really kind of, I don't want to say fickle, but it's, it's a very nuanced thing and you have to engage with it in, yeah, very analytical and kind of, uh, you know, experimental way, which we've all seen Nurse do. But, yeah, I think it's fair to say that our our offense has, has lost its pop. You know, guys are definitely willing, but it's still – there's a lot of kind of like turn-taking going on. And, you know, I, I'd even argue that some of Norm's recent outburst offensively is not so much coming within the um, – within the natural offense, it's kind of like Norm seizing the moment, realizing no one's going to score. Yeah. Uh, but um, Miguel, I'm going to jump to you. Um, is there anything that worries you about this? Uh, not necessarily the slump, but uh, at this point in the season, is there anything that's kind of concerning or like, you know, just giving you some pause? I'm freaking out, man. <laughs> oh, geez. No, I, I think that it was, it was fun when, um, the reserves took over for that long stretch. But just like now everyone jump and shift, there was a lot of people during that time going, well, I guess we are going back to back. That's clear now watching this little stretch. So it's like we're, we're just such a flip floppy fan base that way that we forget about the length of the season. Uh, but I think this skid, I, I'm not panicking or anything or thinking about trades, but it definitely highlights a number of, of problems that have to be addressed. And if you want to be a team that's going to go deep every year, and especially this year, you got to stay on top of that stuff. So, I, I mean, one thing that's pretty clear to me is that we've been banking on, we've been crushing teams with our fast break for so long for this opening stretch. And historically, that's that's just a leaning on fast breaking for most of your points as a recipe for failure down the stretch of the season and into the playoffs. Right. And so, you know, like, like we've been saying, watching these one-on-one -on -one plays kind of be a struggle is not necessarily something that's going to be righted really quickly, but it is something we're going to see a lot more of as teams start to take away the, the fast break opportunities, which are sort of easier to do. Uh, and so, you know, wondering where the offense is going to come from, which was a question from before the season started is still a realistic thing. And it's, you know, as everyone's been scouted through this stretch, it's starting to become clear. You're like, okay, there, the offense is still going to be a struggle. We're going to hang our hat on our defense, which is fine, but the offense is going to be a struggle and we need to be very creative about how to get the most out of this team offensively. Yeah. And no, I think you, uh, I, I think you kind of nailed it. And, and it also reminded me that that last year, I think because of Kawhi and because of the way he was traded from San Antonio, it was such a kind of, it wasn't a complete narrative. Like the, the Raptors team had such a surplus of talent that we could run our own offense. Kawhi could run his offense and we, you know, we would just bulldoze teams and um, you know, we could, 
we could we could be imperfect and win. And you know, I think it all came together in the playoffs, and we, you know, we did become that kind of perfect team. And for a tiny stretch, we were bulldozing teams now. And you know, whoever's the sort of every team takes on the personality of its leader. And we've been the Lowry team for many years. And last year we were the the Kawhi team, <clears throat> and you take on some sort of that identity. And I think maybe with Lowry out for such a long stretch, you saw a new potential identity forming for mm. this team that you could that's not ready yet, but that you could see years down the line. And maybe that's what was exciting, and even maybe that's what was exciting for the players. And then Lowry comes back, and I, you know, he's my favorite player, but he's he's personality dominant, and he alters the way the game flows and functions. And I think, um, yeah, adju- adjusting to that is, is going to be a long stretch. It's going to be a long time. Yeah, you know, they always say the aging superstar is the hardest guy to coach. And, uh, you know, I don't think Lowry is, is quite Allen Iverson level kind of superstar. And he's also such a high IQ guy that, you know, you would imagine – uh, the transition, it's possible, but I think it's still going to be difficult and it's still going to be some, there's going to be some experimentation there. I think, you know, we've seen Norm score very well in the starting lineup. I think that's something to keep an eye out for. Um, I think we've also discovered that Boucher, and I've said this a couple times in the pod already, but we've discovered that uh, that Boucher, you know, he's really not thriving as a big man. He's kind of thriving as a swing man. And I think with Rondé and Ibaka and Gasol all kind of taking, you know, minutes uh, as really big guys, I think Nurse is a bit unsure about how to use Boucher. Uh, And, uh, you know, when when you just needed people to cover minutes, you just throw Boucher on there and, you know, that that was how it was going down. But, um, yeah, the full squad's back, so I think we're really going to have to hone in on specific skills. But, uh, Miguel, I'm actually going to stick with you. Um, Oh, no. That's right. I am. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No, tomorrow is one of the biggest days of the season. Uh, Tomorrow will be today for whoever's listening to this, but it is the return of Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Never heard of him. Yeah. Uh, I I think a lot of people are just figuring out who this guy is. Um, and you know, they're, they're, they're learning that he's, he's pretty good. And, uh, he had a, I would say fairly historic playoff run last year for us. But, um, yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna kind of put this question into fantasy land. What is the best possible outcome uh, for the Clippers Raptors game the, for the Kawhi celebration for everything. What is Miguel? What is Miguel's perfect possible outcome uh, for Kawhi's return to Toronto? Well, I hope he gets massively cheered when he accepts his ring before the game. I hope it's like um, emotional. Maybe he says something nice about the city. Like I like pizza pizza or something like that. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> Um, or even just, I had pizza pizza when I was here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That'd be good. That would make me feel real good. <laughs> but then I, but then I want to smash them. They beat us this year already. And I felt like, uh, um, we could have beaten them. And I, I would really like to, weirdly enough, I'm not even thinking about Kawhi for this next game. I'm thinking about the Clippers as a legitimate team and a legitimate contending team. Hmm. And the Raptors need to beat up on one of them again. So my, you know. I, I want to cheer for him, and then I want to beat his brains out. I don't know. 
I love it. Um, Ryan, I'll jump to you, but first, uh, first just touch on this. Do you think there's any credence to the Raptors kind of struggling, struggling against the top tier teams in the NBA? Miguel kind of briefly mentioned that. And I'm not sure how I feel about that because, you know, we beat the Lakers and uh, I feel like we've been very competitive uh, against really good teams in the NBA and we've had a lot of injuries. So I'm not sure if that's fair or I'm not sure if I'm kind of like in denial. Uh, so, so just kind of touch on that, and then tell me your um, your you know ideal Kawhi return. You know, I, I don't think we have struggled against the top tier teams. Yeah, you know, you look at the 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 three game losing streak. Yeah, you had Miami, Houston, and Philly, and that is top tier. But before this losing streak, we were we were doing pretty well. Um, we I think we had a win against the Blazers. I, I don't know if you can count them as a top tier, but they're yeah, back up there. Last year, um, maybe. Yeah, uh, you got the Lakers. That that was a statement win, um, and then we've had a couple of close contests. But like again, I don't I don't think we've we've struggled. I think everyone's just kind of losing their losing their ish over the last like four games. But um, I, I it's 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 just it just comes back to the offense, and I think once everyone's just again reintegrated uh they get their identity back because uh, to be honest they've just lost it um it, it, like just in the last five minutes of the game last night i was just like okay you, you got norm who's hot i think that they should just feed him the ball they kind of just kept going away from norm and siakam would go on on one come up short kyle would go one-on-one come up short and i'm just like you guys need to get an identity each game and norm if that's your hot guy go back to norm look what he did uh just last week i think of window they just kept going back to him he's and, on a and great he won, run yeah he, he won them the game so just do that just keep going to the hot hand don't go away from it try this guy oh this guy is obviously not in the three well stay away from it just do what's working right now but um in terms of uh, what I'm expecting out of uh, the big game uh, tomorrow, I actually like uh, just like Miguel here. I I want a big ovation for him. Uh, I think they're actually doing something special simply just for him, which is usually out of the realm of most uh, ring ceremonies yeah. uh, when the away player comes back. Is uh, it going to be I, a claw statue? It's going to be a 15 minute ceremony for him, isn't it? At 6:45. <laughs> There's enough hockey statues out there. There should just be one basketball statue. Come on. Give us give the shot when he's crouching. Yeah, yeah. Like, anything. And and honestly, the fact that they're going to do something special just for him, to be honest, I think that's great. That shows the respect. Um, I don't think he's going to get the booze. But in terms of the actual game, what I want is I actually want him to show out. I want him to have a good performance. I want him to have, a, a, a like, a final, an NBA Finals-level performance. But... I also want to crush him and still get the win because if the Raptors get this win, uh, I think that puts everyone in the city back on cloud nine again. That immediately becomes our statement win. I think you're right. The confidence will go back and everyone's just going to forget about this past week, week and a half that uh, has just been absolutely horrible. But um, I, they need this win more not to just show off to Kawhi, but it's more just to say, hey, you know what? We're here. We're the champs. We got the DNA. Um, we slipped up a little bit, but uh, I think we proved that we're still elite with this uh, quality win. And, and again, it would be the best one of the season, even I think better than the win over the Lakers. For, uh, for context, the Raptors are six and seven against teams above 500. 
but three of those losses are last week, and five of the seven losses are on the road, which, which you know, and there's they're circumstantial to themselves, and we've been missing huge players. So six and seven, and if we win tomorrow, it would be seven and seven. I don't know. Yeah, I think I, I think that stat has been a little bit, you know, at one point it was uh, we're three and six against, uh, we're three uh, three and six against five hundred teams. Which uh, if, if whoever uh, listened to the uh, TSN broadcast uh, yesterday, Matt Devlin corrected that like on four different occasions, <laughs> like and he picked different times too. Like one was coming back from an ad read, one was starting uh, starting a quarter. Like he made sure audiences knew. He's like, well, the NBA.com stats don't say three and six, do they, Leo? Um, so it was that kind of classic Devlin, like, whoa, he's mad. But like in his like announcer way, um, yeah. I, I I think my ideal scenario for this Kawhi return is, I think I think like you too. I'm hoping for a huge ovation. I'm hoping for that you know, kind of Toronto sports class for all the for all the folks who, you know, abroad or wherever who are focusing on. Uh, the the section that that laughed at Durant or the people who threw the beer in the the Blue Jays game or whatever it was whatever kind of gross Toronto fandom uh, we have in our history this is a nice moment to uh, to not be petty and to be appreciative uh, and and kind of celebrate like a really really fun time like like when else are you gonna celebrate uh, a magical run and um, yeah, but uh, I, I, again, similar to you guys, I really hope we beat them. And I think more than than winning the actual game, and, and that being a referendum on you know the current state of like the Raptors zeitgeist, you know whether we're contenders or not. I want to see, I want to see Pascal um, be better than either George or Kawhi. I don't want people's takeaway from this game to be that Paul George and Kawhi are better than Pascal. Uh, and I think that's a very, very likely takeaway, and it might even be fair. Obviously, George is, you know, he's, he's looked fantastic since he's come back. Uh, uh, I think that Kawhi is, is, is better than Siakam flat out. Um, but a lot of people think that Paul George is also better than Siakam flat out. I'm a bit unsure on that one, so I'm hoping that, um, that Siakam kind of comes through. Also, I'd love to see some toughness from from Surge. I'd love to see, you know, Gasol fluster their their bigs or uh, you know, kind of like, I, I really want to see our our bench kind of bring this Lou Williams Montrez Harrell thing to a halt. Uh, for anyone who listens to this podcast, they, they'll know that Lou Williams is up there uh, as my most hated Raptors of all time. Uh, wow, brings to a halt. Uh, her first. Uh, Eddie just called for an assault and a purposeful injury on Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell. Absolutely not. <laughs> How dare you? But if you, you know, drop a bow on Pat Beverly's head, that's okay with me. Um, no, listen, no violence whatsoever. But uh, yeah, you know, I hope we, I hope we have a really good showing, and um, and Kawhi looks up uh, at the rafters and has like a single tear. In his eye when he sees the banner. Freddie's top three most hated NBA players. Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell, Patrick Beverly. Just the bench from, from yep. his team. No, no. I, there's always a special place for Hito Turkoglu. <laughs> um, okay, uh, Ryan, let's uh, let's stick with you on this one. Um, yeah, so uh, 
you know, it, it doesn't have to be, you know, like a huge dunk or whatever, but uh, what, what is your favorite, uh, well, what's your favorite defensive and offensive highlight from, from, from the season so far? Well, actually, let's do, let's go, like, make it kind of like a quick round table here. Let's start with offense. So what's your offense. favorite, favorite Raptors offensive highlight so far in this season? So it's going to probably be a weird play, but um, I don't know if you guys remember, this was uh, the Blazers game, November, mid November, like November 14th. Okay. Uh, it was Fred Van Fleet off of a steal. Um, and he uh, just lobbed it up to uh, Siakam for uh, just an easy, an easy uh, alley-oop. And, and it's such a basic play, but just during the time of the game, I think it was, it was relatively close um, and I just love defense leading into offense. It's just, it's just pretty basketball. Yeah. Usually have like the two on one, the three on one and, and yeah, just it's, it's, it basically said the future of the Raptors to me, just kind of how we were talking about earlier, Fred and Siakam together. That's the one and two combo that I see for us going down, uh, in the future and the way that they play together when they're on it's, it's it's just enjoyable to watch. So yeah, it was a it was a theft from uh from uh, Fred coming down the court in an alley oop to Siakam uh, during the Blazers game. Nice, um, yeah. Miguel. What's your uh, what's your favorite defensive highlight so far? Oh, I thought we were sticking with offense. Oh, whoops, offense. My bad. Jeez. Um. Um. Well, my favorite offensive play is pretty similar, I guess. Uh, I also like to think about the future, and I think we've seen Siakam just rise and rise, and we have this potential superstar, top-level player on our hands. So for me, the moment that sticks out this year so far is it was in the Philly game, I believe, when he, towards the end, sealed it with a runaway dunk and then did the Superman pose. Oh, Siakam? Yeah, Siakam. Wait, no, are you talking wait, about the, he did wait, like the Jesus that? pose? Oh, yeah, no, oh, the Jesus pose. It was pose. better Sorry, than yeah, Superman. Yeah. He did the Not Jesus in Brazil Jesus pose. pose. That, that to me was like the first time I saw him where I was like, okay, he's maybe is one of the top players if he has that level of confidence to pose after a dunk, which he hasn't really done before. Yeah, no, it was, it, it was massive. Um, I, think, I think my favorite uh, offensive highlight so far, um, and, I, and I believe it's happened twice. Uh, so it happened actually last night, but it was, it was, it was prettier than the first time. And I forget which game this was, but there was a game where Marcus Gasol dunked and it took, I think an hour and a half. <laughs> um, it was, I was hysterical just because, you know, I've, I've been defending Mark all year and I, you know, I think he's a fantastic player, but obviously he's shooting terribly from two. And that dunk seemed both, you know, defiant of his haters, but then also defiant of, like, time itself. Uh, like, I don't know how the shot clock didn't expire, but, uh, yeah, it was just, it, it's amazing to see someone run that slow. Most dunks feature two grunts, like like the liftoff, and then the dunk. But, but Gasol's took, like, 36 grunts. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. A, a, a Gasol dunk is like the sounds of you know people getting hurt if you're going on like a kill frenzy in Grand Theft Auto. It sounds like uh, like ground beef coming out of a meat grinder. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, wait, wait, Ryan. Was that was that your defensive and offensive? Yeah, we so, didn't get your defensive highlight, right? 
Yeah, yeah, you get my defense. Okay. Um, it was just defense leading to offense, but my defensive play is a little bit more exciting. It was, um, speaking of the Clippers, the last time we faced the Clippers, it was Boucher uh, absolutely meeting Harrell at the apex and just shutting him down. Oh, my God. Defensive highlight. We're syncing up here because mine's a Boucher highlight too. Oh, no. It was in the Lakers game when they started going on that surge. He took a charge. He was having kind of his breakout game, and he took a charge. And it wasn't a uh, particularly spectacular charge except for the timing in the, within the game. But then as he hit the ground, he, like, pumped his arms so hard with, like, pure joy. It looked like he was almost injured. And I was like, oh. damn, this is exciting. Uh, okay, I was definitely going to go Boucher block in the Lakers as well because you, you, you're talking you about... You took a charge, you took a charge. Oh, took a charge. Okay, then then actually still... Mine's also Boucher. Uh, I thought I had to pivot there. So, you know, I'll say my, my runner-up was Gasol's entire game against Embiid. But um, my single play is Boucher's, like, King Kong block on LeBron in L.A. Oh, I think yeah. LeBron just didn't see him coming. And, I mean, no one sees Boucher coming. I think every time they see him for the first time, they're like, who is this? <laughs> so slight. Coming down the river. Block. <laughs> you can't see. I like that. You can't see a slim duck. Uh, okay. I was literally just going <laughs> to repeat what you said. But you also can't see a surge in votes by the Bloc Québécois. Um, <laughs> and here they are. They're, they're a big part of the uh, government. They might even pop Trudeau up. It's going to be nuts. Um, okay. Uh, I think uh, I think let's move on to some NBA. Unless um, Ryan, do you got any uh, kind of other like you know loose Raptors thoughts out there? Uh, I, I'm just I'm, I'm liking I'm liking the young guys. Um, honestly, I to be honest, I had no nothing. I had no idea about Terrence Davis at all. Like, oh my god, I had I know. no information on this kid. Um, it was just another one of those Maasai moves just to to take him. And I I'm loving what I'm seeing out of him, and I hope it continues. And I think it's just more, just again, appreciation to to Masai and our scouting that we just take gems out of the like out of we find gems out of nowhere and just they they play. So Terrence Davis and and the bench is uh, that that's why I'm optimistic. Talking about plays, I like Terrence Davis has a go to play that just like is so pro. It doesn't look like a rookie should be able to do it with such consistency. Which is whenever he's in a pick and roll situation. Uh, as the big man rolls, he does like a drop bounce pass to the right oh, while facing nice. forward. And it's like a difficult pass, and he executes it perfectly every time. It's so impressive. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah there's, there's so much to be optimistic about. And uh, we've had a lot of injuries this year because even, um, you know, McCaw's been injured and, and Matt Thomas broke his hand, and I think Stanley Johnson's injured. But uh, – I'll just do a quick shout out to Open Gym. Uh, you know, anyone who listens to this podcast probably watches Open Gym. If you don't, check it out. It's amazing. It's like just a documentary of the of the season as it goes with the Raptors. And you know, it's it's actually a pretty serious episode. But I got really giddy at the most recent uh, Matt Thomas episode because he talks about his shooting like it's like a power that he can't really control. And it just makes me giddy. Like it's like it's like he is possessed, and it's like I don't know. The thing takes over his hands, and he, uh, he talks about the first time he realized something was up was he went to this like uh, kind of a country fair festival, and like a crowd gathered as he hit 270 shots in a row, 
when he was like 12, but he talks about it like he was scared. It's great. You hand the guy a fork and he just throws it like he can't hold <laughs> anything. His hands are like Cyclops eyes like he need special glasses. <laughs> hey, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's who he is. It's what he does. He's our Matt Thomas. Um, I don't know what that was, but it felt good. Uh, Matt, if you're if you're ready for the NBA, would you give me that NBA sting? This is Adam Silver. <laughs> the tugboat gets everybody. <laughs> Matt? Yeah. I love you. Um... <laughs> You know what I mean? Uh, okay, let's uh, let's jump into some NBA stuff here. Uh, Miguel, I'm just going to throw this one to you. At this point in the season, who is uh, the uh, the coach of the year in the NBA? I'm 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 going to be a homer and say Nick Nurse. In spite of this last stretch, nobody's done uh, nobody's done so well with such a, a potential on on paper low end squad. Like by comparison, without a star. So I'm going to say Nick Nurse, plus his creative defense has vaulted the team right up to the top of the conversation of best defensive team in the league, even though we play two six-footers or under in our main eight-man rotation. Nick Nurse, I'm a homer. Hey, Nick Nurse, we're 16-7. Uh, we're, we're and 7 and, uh, 55 pace wins. Yeah, exactly. We're, um, the offense has slipped, uh, as Ryan was kind of talking about earlier uh, in the podcast, we are, uh, I think we're, we're tied for 12th with San Antonio in offense and something like 6th or 7th in, in defense. But we're still 4th in net rating. Uh, the yeah. net rating has dropped. But I, I always feel like that's a good kind of good kind of long-term uh, indicator of, of how your team is performing. You know, obviously you're going to have kind of asterisk moments, but I, th- I feel like they get sorted out. Like, for instance, that Philly game where we got beat down, even though we made that last, that, that late run, I think, we, you know, we, we, we should have lost that game very badly, but that's also true of the, you know, the game we beat Atlanta, and they made a big run. So I think net rating is one of those things that works itself out over the course of a year. Um, yeah, Ryan, who's your, who's your head coach of the year so far? Um, I actually had Nick nurse up until this week and unfortunately uh, this past week was enough to kind of take that away from him um you look at uh, the fact that milwaukee has 15 straight w's you just can't you know not look at Boonholzer and what he's doing with that team 13.3 net rating i'm just looking at it right now they are swallowing teams yeah it, it, it's nuts. And considering he actually lost one of his best playmakers, um, he went to Indiana. I'm having a, a, a blank. Malcolm uh, Brogdon, totally. Brogdon, yeah. With Brogdon gone and you're still doing better uh, than what you guys were doing last year, you have Giannis who's doing better um, than obviously uh, his MVP year. Like he, he's If the season ends today, I'm giving it to him. Uh, so I, I got to give it up to uh, uh, to Mike there. And uh, But... I actually I, I don't want to give it up to him just yet because oh, I, like I do it. actually feel that Doc Rivers is actually low, very low key, doing an amazing job with the Clippers. Considering um, the drama with load management, it's like mm-hmm. a it's like a disease uh, that he's had to deal with all season. Um, missing Paul George, 
Uh, you're still a top team, uh, still a top three team in the West. Um, your superstars literally probably just had their first practice, apparently, uh, maybe a couple of days ago, maybe wow. last week. Um, I think there was a report that Kawhi and Paul George had not practiced together um, since since they've been back. So they probably had one practice together. Uh, so the fact that he's had this team top, uh, I think they're top two in the West right now, um, still, still afloat, load management. Uh, your two superstars have just got together. And it's only going to go up from here. So I give all kudos to uh, Doc Rivers. Yeah, no, I think that's uh, that's very, very fair. Um, earlier on in the season, I was kind of flirting with, um, you know, flirting with uh, with Brad Stevens, flirting with, uh, uh, you know, uh, Spolstra. And, you know, I think, I think Stevens, Spo, and Nurse are all kind of in this same category of – of you know, good system, good effort, kind of like overperforming, you know, more than some of their parts, sort of thing. But also have some talented rosters. I just want to give a quick shout out to to my runner up, and that's Steve Kerr. Um, Steve Kerr has managed to put out no one that anyone knows. Um, I, I don't know if uh, he's won many quarters uh, in this uh, regular season so far, and no one is talking about him getting fired. And uh, I know I'm just uh, I'm just messing around, but he, it's 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 weird to me how he's straight up vacationing throughout the year, and uh, and he's not getting a lot of news. Ultimate tank season. Ultimate tank season. Um, yeah. This is this is the uh, obviously the the throwback is uh, Spurs when uh, when um, <clears throat> what's it called uh, uh, David Robinson got injured, and they and they got Tim Duncan, but. Uh, yeah, G-State is, is full tank. Um, no, but uh, my, my serious answer right now, and I think I'm only making this answer because I just don't expect it to last. I don't want to give him some credit right now. But uh, it's Frank Vogel. Uh, I think the Lakers uh, being 21-3 and three is absolutely insane. Um, their roster is not that talented. Uh, you know, they obviously have two of the greatest players in the game and Danny Green. And I think after that, it falls off unbelievably hard. And the fact that they have guys like Dwight and JaVale and Rondo and Kevin Hart and Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who probably wouldn't be in the NBA if it wasn't for LeBron and Clutch Sports, and, and Kuzma, who I think is fairly overrated. Like, I just think that whatever anyone wants to say about, like, oh, well, it's LeBron's team. It's like, I, I never really buy into that. Like, I I'm, was one of those people, I gave Tyron Lue the credit for making that all work and for making that run and for having the best comeback of all time against the Warriors. But yeah, I just, um, I just think Frank Vogel, whatever he's doing, even if it's uh, keeping people from tweeting about LeBron or whatever it is, uh, or, or handing the team over to LeBron, like, well, whatever he's doing is working. And I think how you relate to superstars in the NBA, uh, I've said it before on the pod, but how you relate to superstars is like the final, you know, the final level of coaching because a lot of coaches can coach up a bad team. And I think the very special coaches have this kind of unique, you know, give and take chemistry with their superstars. So uh, yeah, I'm crediting the Lakers now. I hope that uh, in a month or so uh, they're a little bit worse and I can just happily move on from that narrative. I doubt it. Yeah. They're they're looking good. Um, Okay. Next question. Let's do, um, let's do, let's do you first, Ryan. Uh, so the, yeah, the, the, 
the trade, you know, rumor season has officially started. We're starting to hear all sorts of things, and I think Cleveland seems to be the team that's kind of, you know, breaking out the, uh, breaking out the what, what, what's that break cla- break glass in case of emergency. Um, mm-hmm. Listen, I didn't use that terminology properly. Oh, we got it. We got it. Yeah, right, right. Someone just driving on the highway, and they're like, he's wrong. Um, <laughs> I bet you if they, I bet you if you are on the highway, you you do say that uh, to my voice sometimes. But um, <laughs> yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's jump back into this uh, very convoluted question now. Uh, yeah, the Cavaliers are the first team that are, that are kind of initiating this trade uh, conversation. So let's stick with them because I think those are the strongest rumors right now. Uh, and um, yeah, Miguel, did I say I was going to go to you here? Oh, so I was going to go to Ryan. Sorry. So Ryan, um, what's a good landing spot for Love or Tristan Thompson or, you know, if even if it's confusing, who should be calling them for those guys? So for, for our listeners, just a, just a very, very quick thing. Love is on a fairly big contract that goes for another three years. Tristan's also on a fairly big contract that expires this year. So, sorry, go ahead. So, I I just want to address this. I'm not really on board with bringing Tristan here. I know there was a lot of rumors of uh, Thompson uh, potentially being uh, this being a destination for him, the Raptors. Um, the drama with the Kardashian thing looks over, but it's just... I just don't know if he's the locker room guy. I'm such a big guy on chemistry and just having a cohesive locker room. I feel just with his outside extracurricular activities and just just his playing style, I don't think we need it. Uh, you look at the Raptors where they are in rebounding, which is what predominantly Tristan does. I think we're about 6th or 7th in the league. Um, we're 11th in block shots. Um, his His skill set, I feel like we already have it. Um, I feel like the reason why his name is even obviously being brought up is because he's Canadian and it just makes sense. And we always try to get the Canadian players. And you know what? I'm on board with that. It's just, I'm just trying to think, you know what? Who would I rather have instead of him? What does he really bring that we don't already have? And, and yeah, his energy on offensive boards is obviously something all 32 teams would want, but I'm kind of just over Tristan in terms of where I feel Kevin love is the big one, uh, the big fish that obviously everyone's trying to get. Um, I feel love. I feel love should be pursued by the Houston Rockets. Um, You look at what the Rockets have at uh, the four and the five. Um, They have a lot of injuries. Um, I think Eric Gordon's out. Uh, their three-point shooting is abysmal. I think they're like 25th in the league, uh, but obviously because they're analytical and they just shoot the three ball whenever they can, so they live and die by it. If you bring in Kevin Love, you're going to have a guy who can space the floor. Obviously, James Harden's going to be passing him. Um, I believe uh, UC- was it UCLA brothers, um, the Russell Westbrook and love connection would would also work in Houston, and I can just all I see is is Euro stepping and dishing the ball out to Kevin Love, who's just going to be ready to shoot a three ball, and I think that's just beautiful basketball between the three of those guys. Yeah, I mean, uh, when you think about like James Harden and the, the way the Rockets play, obviously, um, obviously Love is kind of like a perfect guy for that system. I just uh, I just whipped out the uh, Houston Rockets um, salaries though, and I think it's pretty complicated because uh, Russ is making thirty eight, 
James is making 38. So I think one of those guys would have to be the guy. Um, or, or you're Clint. combining like Clint Capella and Eric Gordon. Yeah. Uh, and Eric Gordon, I don't even think, uh, I didn't realize, but he's on a, he's, he's like, he's, so this year he's 14 next year, 16 ne- year after that, 18, the year after that, 19 and the year after that 20. So yeah. if you grab Eric Gordon, you're grabbing him till he retires. Uh, much. <laughs> rockets. I mean, who knows, but any, anything's possible. And you know, if you get like a, third trade uh, trading partner sort of thing. They do have Nene for 10 million a year for two years. So, but that, but again, though, if you're Cleveland, yeah, you know, you know, you can make, you can buy people out. You can make things work. Um, uh, Miguel, any, any kind of landing spots for, for Tristan and for Kevin, you see? Um, well, I think that uh, I mean I don't want to sound foolish, you know, without being too knowledgeable about uh, the financial situations. But um, I feel like Portland should come calling on Cleveland's uh, phone to see if they can get someone in there. I feel like they could use either of those guys with Nurkic out for so long. They they're they're just lacking up front, and you know they've seemed to somehow wander into the third or fourth seed the past few years while everyone's still kind of ignoring them and they can still get it done. Uh, and this year is obviously not true, but they, they're still that same core minus Nurkic. So maybe, maybe a little injection would help them. I also think that um, I don't think this would work financially, but I think the Clippers should go after Tristan Thompson also. Hmm. I think they could, uh, if they got him, if they beefed up their front line even more, you know, because Harrell is kind of a mirage on defense, right? Like, he's exciting and fun, but he's kind of a pylon sometimes. Right. I think that if Thompson beefed that up, man, they would be right up there with the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, I think the the, the Clippers, uh, I mean, Thompson's a lot easier, right? Because he's 18 and he's expiring. So, um, they definitely have, uh, I mean, Harrell, I think they'd probably want to hold on to. But, again... Harold's going to cost a lot of money mm-hmm. next year. So he's one of the biggest free agents on the market. So if they wanted to kind of hedge their bets and, and, you know, pay somebody else, then that is something they could for sure look into. Um, Kevin Love in Portland, I think, you know, it's been a rumor for a long time, but, but it makes sense. Um, Hassan Whiteside makes the exact same salary. Uh, and they also have a bunch of other kind of like fairly tradable contracts or kind of different guys that could add up to, to get there. Man, if you're Cleveland, like what are you excited about going forward? Do you feel like glory days are just behind you? And like what 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 is it to be a Cleveland fan? If I'm if I'm Cleveland, here's what I'm excited about, okay? Here's who's coming off the books this year. Check this out. Tristan Thompson, 18 million dollars a year. Brandon Knight, remember him? Oh yeah. They're paying him 15 million dollars a year. Oh, my. Wow. Jordan Clarkson yeah, he was the he existed for a bit. He's getting paid thirteen million. Also coming off the books, John Henson, not Jim Henson. John Henson <laughs> is getting paid nine million dollars a year. He's coming off the books. Um, and then I have Anto Zizic, which uh, I'd be sad that he's coming off the books for for two point eight. But but yeah, if you're if you're Cleveland, you know I think anyone anything you can get for any of these guys is a plus. Um, yeah, but as as far as a trade partner, I think I think the the team that really should be looking at a guy like Tristan, 
and 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 I hate to say this because I never want them to be good. Uh, is is uh, the Boston Celtics? Yeah. Uh, I think the Boston Celtics could really use a banger. Uh, I think they've made do without one, but uh, they're a team that I feel you know because because Tristan Thompson, you know, despite uh, you know everything he's been through uh, off the court and like how messy it all got and everything, he still does have that reference point, right? That that time in his life where he was a very, very key contributor to four straight finals runs. Yeah. Uh, one of those runs uh, being a championship. So he definitely has proven that he can be the, you know, the best big on your team uh, and, and win a championship. And, I, you know, that's all, it's all our asterisks, right? Because he played with LeBron. But, um, yeah, it's... Uh, it's fascinating. I, I think Cleveland uh, is probably going to be the first team to make a move, but uh, we'll see. I guess. Uh, okay, Ryan, let me let me jump to you for my last uh, for my last question, um, my last NBA question. But uh, let's see if we can each. Uh, well, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll kind of do a little quick roundtable here as well. So let's uh, let's play the game of naming a first time All Star, and we'll see how long we can make it until we disagree. So uh, Ryan, who's someone this year? Uh, who's going to be uh, an all-star for the very first time. All too easy, Luka Doncic. Yeah, I wanted to throw that to you, right? Luka, uh, <laughs> he is uh, probably going to be a starter on the all-star team. Um, Miguel, who's uh, who's another uh, starter? Or, or sorry, who's another um, first-time all-star? Absolute walk-on, Pascal Siakam. Pascal Siakam, baby. Um, okay, this might already get difficult for me, uh, but... The person, okay, let me just, uh, let me give myself um, just a little bit of a second here because I'm wondering if this guy has been an all-star or not. Okay, here we go. I am going to go, ooh, this is tough actually because uh, part of me wants to say, you know what? Let me say, um, let me say Jason Tatum, I think is going to be an all-star for the first oh. time. All right. The East is weak. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, we're all kind of pulling up stats here because I think it, it gets pretty hard. Yeah, well, you know, and if either of you full-on disagree with me, just let me know because I might be wrong. Uh, no, no. If uh, Now that Kyrie's out of there, um, his uh, – it's his third year now. Um, he's he's looked better, and I could see him elevating to that, to that spot. So. so Kemba's going to make it, and Kemba's made it once, right? Uh, yes, yes. So he In made it hometown. more. So you, that means two people from Boston, which, you know what? I'm not so sure. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say no on Tatum. Hmm. Oh, right, yeah, because I guess he's the, I guess he's the first guy to get in, Kemba. Hmm. Um, okay, well, you know what? Maybe, uh, maybe I'm just dumb. Um, is there, is there another first-timer, uh, Ryan, you can think of that's going to make the All-Star team? So, I'm just... Who else? It is a hard question. After you have Luca and Siagam, who are just like, like, it, like they're in. Um, outside of that, it becomes it definitely becomes a bit of a harder one. Uh, who else would be performing? Yeah, no. Uh, after those two, I'm drawing a blank. Actually, I got two random suggestions. Okay, hit me up, Miguel. Devin Booker. He's doing 26 points and seven assists on a Suns team that's currently in the eighth seed. You know, and I don't know, they're fun to watch. If you watch any Suns game, man, they're fun. Yeah, they're a league pass team. 
Yeah, I think it's uh, it's fair when you think about. Um, he's got a seventy-point game in his history. He's a weirdly exciting player, isn't he? Yeah, you know he's very exciting. Um, yeah, it's it's always tough when you think about like the guard spots are so limited. How about this one? How about let me redeem myself? Is Carl Anthony Towns the best scoring big in the NBA? Really gonna get snubbed from the All Star game again? He better make it. I mean. Minnesota's dipped yet again, so they're out of the playoffs. Like you know, albeit just barely, but they're they're not in there right now. I don't think, and uh, you know that's that's kind of the barometer, right? Um, anybody uh, anybody else uh, kind of coming to mind for you, Ryan? Just looking through. What about Trey I, Young? I, I would. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Matt. Oh yeah. What about Trey Young? Trey Young, I would say he has not the numbers, but like when you're fourteenth in the in the crappier conference, like I think that's just like an automatic elimination. Uh, like, yeah. like uh, I, I think Vucevic has had that a couple times where he's just had ungodly stats, but it's like he's just his team sucks so bad that yeah, someone's got to get thirty points a night, and it must I would, be. I would I would sign off uh, on Devin Booker as well. Okay, there. I think he's got a shot. So I think the coaches will give. Uh, I think the coaches would give him that nod. Let's not do this for every six points a game. Let's not do this for every position. But who are the like the automatic West West guards, right? So let's say Harden, Doncic, Lillard, one, two, three, and then yeah, I guess maybe the door's open because it's not you know Rondo or Lula. no Clay, no Steph, no Clay, That's two no spots Steph. opened. Yeah. What about a? Here's another sneaky one. He's only doing 19 points a game or so, but their team is doing so well. What about Jamal Murray? I think he he, he could sneak in there. He doesn't have the stats, but he's like a coach's dream, right? Like, don't coaches love the way he plays? He's such a high IQ guy. Yeah. No, I think uh, that's a pretty solid answer. Um, okay. Uh, I feel like that that does it. Unless Ryan, were you? Did you have one more oh, suggestion? Donovan Mitchell, too. Donovan Mitchell oh. I think is he's, there's a chance. Uh, I mean, especially with how bad Conley's struggling, and they are a playoff team. Uh, I wonder if they get more than Gobert, though, right? Yeah. But um, yeah, Ryan, sorry, did you did you have um, one? first timers? No, I think I think I think we got I think we got them all pretty much. But yeah, uh, yeah. No Wiggins. Uh, no Wiggins. No <laughs> Wiggins. You need like like well, first Still of all, Towns has got to get in. He's tied with Siakam for points. Really? Wow. Yeah. Wiggins is he's balling, man. He's balling. But uh, maybe Lillard's not a forward because the Blazers are so far down too. Maybe Lillard because the Blazers are struggling so hard is also, I don't know. Like I give it to Booker over Lillard so far. Poor McCollum as well is also playing pretty well, but he he's never been an All Star. He's a I think he's the highest paid non All Star in the NBA. Him or Mike Conley, I believe. Um, yeah. Although you know Mike Conley's definitely been deserving many times. Anybody from the Thunder? They're kind of sneaky hanging around. The only name that is Paul, Paul, but he's not... uh, I'm not taking him over uh, those three guards that you mentioned. Okay, well, uh, let's let's move on to the final segment. Are you are you boys both ready to do some quickish questions? Yeah. Okay, Maddie, give me that quish quickish question sting. Quickish questions. Oh shit, let's try that again. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. 
Oh, you should have saw me too. I was so confident when I pressed the button. I was like, yeah. No, wrong. No. Yeah. You know, you're, happens uh, to the best of us. Sometimes, sometimes when you play Mario Kart, <laughs> you drop a green shell yeah. and you're confident. It's not going to hit you and it does. It just doesn't work out. <laughs> um, okay. Let's, uh, let's, let's get into it here. Some, uh, some quickish questions. Uh, if it's your first time listening to the pod, I'm going to stumble through some questions. I'm going to read them as fast as I can. I'll slur a bit. I'll stutter a bit. We'll have, we'll have a laugh. Uh, <laughs> guests. The only rule is you have to answer as fast as humanly possible. No humming, no hawing, no phoning a friend. Oh no, yeah, that's right, Matt. I'm really going for it because I'm also looking for my yeah. questions. Okay, found them. Ready to go. <laughs> um, Ryan, are you ready? Yep. Matt, or Miguel, are you ready? Um, uh, yes. Matt, are you also ready? Always. Okay. Uh, well, we, we covered this a little bit, but, um, Matt, I'll start with you. How about this? Uh, Matt, um, why slash why not trade for Kevin Love? It's from Jonathan. Um, well, I'll say, I'll say why we shouldn't. And, uh, I, I think that he's just not going to fit very well with, with our crew. And I think that, you know, give me Kevin four or five years ago and then we'll shake something out. But, uh, I think, you know, he's, he's kind of like, uh, with Danny green where it's like you, you want him on a team with, with contenders, I think. Cheers. Which, which is also us, but like, you know, like, uh, a West team. Yeah. Uh, Miguel, it's come from you. Ask Miguel. If he sees any parallels between his journey back to the court and Victor Oladipos, I do. You know, I tore, I ruptured my Achilles back in April, and it was a cosmic, seismic event that I'm still not over. God. Like, you know what? You know what really bummed me out this week was Rodney Hood. Yeah, Rodney Hood oh. hurting his Achilles was just a true. When, every time a player goes down with their Achilles, I feel like a chunk of me dies with them. Oh, um, and so, you know, I'm I'm fingers crossed for Oladipo. And yeah, I, I feel it. They, any of these guys that come back and play at all, let alone at a high level, man, it's so inspiring. I got to get back out there. Yeah. Yeah. And and you will. And every Achilles that ruptures is a horror crux that slowly hurts Miguel. That's not what I want to. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ryan. has <laughs> also come from Yao. Was that Raptors D too concerned with James Harden? No. You know what? No. Um, it's James. Uh, he, to this day, is, well, in this era at least, the best scorer um, around. And I think you got to do whatever you need to do to stop him. Um, I've seen it before where the Rockets live and die by the three. And if you take him out, uh, sometimes that team struggles. And next thing you know, you have a, an awesome win. Uh, I think it just it just wasn't our night that night. I think everybody else was in their shots. They did what they needed to do. And um, I think we'll get the Rockets next time. Love it. Uh, okay, um, we're just gonna get a stab at this, uh, Matt. Let's start with you. Oh boy! Do your best impression of Matt Devlin <laughs> shouting a random word when someone hit when someone hits a big shot. Can be in English, Punjabi, or otherwise. <laughs> I think we'll all stick English. to English what? so that we're not accidentally uh, racist. Um, Matt, uh, someone just hit a big shot. You're Matt Devlin. Go for it. For the uh, hold, on, let me start again. Um, <laughs> slam hole. <laughs> you committed. I love it, Miguel. From Flynn Flan. He said that this week. From Flynn. 
right in the hoop, Raptors' very own. Ryan? <laughs> uh, holy guacamole from Whitby. All the way I from... Like all, I was going to do an Arn Pryor joke, like, um, it's getting windy in the valley. You know, you know what? I don't get to do it twice. You Sorry. know what's fun, too, is Paul Jones' impressions. You guys ever listen to the Raptors on the radio? Jonesy. He took another coin from the jar and said, that's the end of my collection. That's what his things are all like that. They barely make sense, but they're so funny and clever. I love it. Um, okay, uh, so uh, this is going to come to Yeah, this is for Miguel. Uh, Miguel, mm. which Raptor performs most like a Subaru? Hmm. It's coming from Tom. Oh, I'll probably give it to uh, Freddie Van Vliet because he's reliable and, you know, the lease is, options are pretty reasonable <laughs> at this stage of the game. And, uh, you know, he looks good in multiple colors. I love it. Okay, final question. It's going to you, Ryan. Uh, it's coming from Jonathan. On the eve slash day of Kawhi's return to Toronto, what percentage of the Raptors fan base would you say is over Kawhi? Are you over Kawhi, and are we done talking about Kawhi? Okay, uh, percentage that's over Kawhi? Yeah. Um, honestly, not a lot. I'd, I'd say like two. Not a lot. <laughs> yep. I think he's an enigma, and he will forever be in in, in allure in the city. Um, Fair. And am I over him? No, I will never be over him. Uh, he is... He, it's everything it's he's an enigma and he's a robot and it just oh my like you just you want to be happy you want to be sad but then at the end of the day you just go back to the championship and that's just it's just it just puts everything in perspective and then what was the third one the third one was are we done talking about Kawhi? no 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 every season for 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 the rest of eternity this will that last season will be spoken uh forever until you know maybe we get uh another uh, MVP star-like uh, player. But uh, no, we'll never never be over done speaking with Kawhi. Correct. Correct answer. I love it. Uh, okay, that's it for the pod. All the way from Fred Penner's tree hole. What about that? That was pretty good. Thanks for the Fred <laughs> Penner reference too there, Matt. You must have been sitting on that one for a bit. Uh, you got to keep your Canadian content up. Yes, we do. Um, Ryan, uh, I know, I know you're, you know, you're living a mysterious life, but um, if people want to check you out, uh, you know, we'll, we'll plug your uh, social media, but uh, is there anything you got going on you want to let people know about? So we, I, I wanted to say it at the beginning, but uh, it is in development right now. Um, I used to and still am operating a basketball website called Press Basketball, um, and we are actually going to be hopefully relaunching a uh, monthly, yeah, kind of weird, right? But uh, a monthly uh, podcast and uh, YouTube uh, show, uh, which hopefully is going to be launched in January. Awesome. Nothing weird about it. Yeah. yeah. More basketball, the better. Um, and, and sorry, what's the name of that again so people can look uh, out for it? Press Basketball. And if all goes well, it uh, is the return of Below the Hardwood. Featuring uh, one of your guests that you've had before, Alan Shane Lewis. Oh yeah, oh, ho. yeah. he's uh, he's famous for cheating uh, at the game of bump. <laughs> yeah, uh, against me. Yeah, most people know him for that. I'd say, um, Miguel, uh, you're you're doing shows, right? You're you're doing stuff. What's up? Uh, I'd like to just promote the holiday spirit uh, this time of year, and uh, everyone be nice to your neighbors oh, wow. and also to strangers. 
And definitely support local business as you buy gifts for the holiday season. Um, thanks for having me on the pod. Beautiful. Um, yeah, thanks for listening to the podcast. Support, subscribe, become a patron maybe. Uh, hit me or Matt up for a toque. Mm-hmm. And uh, enjoy this Enjoy this Kawhi game. Um, it was a very special thing we all went through last year. And uh, yeah. let's enjoy the ripple effects, shall we? Hello. Uh, Cool. Thanks, everybody. Can anyone around here speak basketball? There it is. It's the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast.